0: Welcome to Bike Talk with Dave, where we talk to incredible people doing incredible things. I love talking bikes, and I'm thankful that you tune in to listening. My name's Dave Mabel, and if you enjoy these conversations, I'd welcome you to rate and review on your favorite pod service. And please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And if you truly dig it and want to support the show, please consider throwing a few bucks our way at buymeacoffee.com. There's a link in the show notes. Just look for Bike Talk with Dave. When you do support the show, I'd love to send you a sticker. Now to today's show. If you ride bikes, you've probably had to do some simple mechanical things like change a tire or raise your seat post or even wrap your handlebars. When it's all broken down into bite-sized pieces, it doesn't seem all that difficult. But to become a master of the machine to really understand how things work, What makes the chain go up and down the sprockets? What makes that buzzing sound when we coast? Why would I need to replace my chain and cassette if they're not broken? What if I want to put hydraulic brakes on my bike? A good mechanic puts in years of tearing apart and rebuilding bikes and develops a deep understanding of how things work and what stuff works with other stuff. Mark West began wrenching nearly 20 years ago and has become a master of the trade. Ask him anything. Does this shift lever work with this derailleur? Can I use 38 millimeter tires on my road bike? Can I switch my nine speed to 11 speed? Or here's the biggest one. Will you please run my hydraulic brake hoses through my internally routed handlebars, stem, and frame? He's mastered them all, and in doing so, has landed a spot on the professional cyclocross circuit He's worked for some of the best in the world. Maybe you remember Ben Bernan, Jamie Driscoll, Caroline Mani, or Laurel Rathbun. If you follow cyclocross today, you likely recognize Carrie Warner, Becca Farringer, Lance Haydet, or maybe you remember when Gage Hecht toppled Stephen Hyde as the U.S. national champ, or now three-time national champ Clara Hansinger. In fact, the entire U.S. national team at the Cyclocross World Championships in 2022. And this year, he found a spot on the Steve Tilford Foundation's Cyclocross team. He was in Hartford, Connecticut this past December handing bikes to Curtis White as he battled Eric Bruner for the Stars and Stripes jersey, making sure he had the right tire pressure to take the victory. In December, West loaded the team gear on a plane and flew to Belgium to support the crew during one of the most intense periods in all of sport, the Cursed Period, an action-packed block of 10 major races in the span of two weeks, from Christmas through the first of the new year. And the best cyclists on all of the earth are vying for World Cup or Super Prestige points and preparing for the UCI World Championships. We sat down with West when he returned, We had to find the most European spot we could, so we landed at a back table at a German-flavored pub in Des Moines, Hessenhaus. The staff are friendly, and they've always got at least 50 German beers on tap, making it the second-largest German beer pub in the world. No lie. The manager, Ben Rasmussen, was kind enough to sit down with us to talk about what makes German beer German and Belgian beer Belgian. Anyway, Ben is here, the manager of Hessen House. Talk about a little bit about German beers, and I mean Germany and Belgium, like are next to each other. And Mark, I think you were, you you stayed what half out half yeah, mile from. Yeah, so
1: I was the majority of the racing I that the team did uh, was in Belgium. Well, the majority all, and we stayed in the Netherlands, but we were a half mile as the crow flies from the German border, so... Yeah. So we can
0: talk German beer, and that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, and we yep.
1: spent a little time in uh, one of our off days in Kulm, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope you said that right, because I don't know if you... Kuln, <laughs> cologne, if you're... Cologne, afraid.
0: oh, okay, all right, thank you, the, <laughs> yeah. English right. the English version. I honestly had no idea what you are talking yeah. about. Uh, so, Ben, tell us about this place a little bit. It's gorgeous. It's, I mean, you feel like you're walking into a German beer house when you walk into the Hessen house.
2: Yeah, it's um, definitely more towards the authentic side. Um, we have 50 beers on tap. I would say 42 of them are German. Um, we have tons of bottles um, as well. We actually, I think... When we get stocked back up, we lost a beer distributor. We're getting it back. Um, when we get stocked back up, we'll actually be like the second largest German beer house. Um, I thought that was really interesting, uh, you know, here in Des Moines, Iowa, being the second largest um, carrier of, of German beer. So In, in Des Moines? In the, in the world. Or in the world. In That's the world. crazy. Second in the world, yeah. Wow.
0: So yeah. next time you're in Des Moines. Yeah, hey, If you want a German beer, test them all, right? And
2: yeah, test them all, and uh, definitely recommend drinking them out of the boot. Uh, we have a, the two-liter boot. Actually, it's going to be our new boot's three liters. Uh, wow. Um, that sounds dangerous. Yeah. There was uh, We're actually really excited about that. There was a... Uh, everybody in the world, when it kind of shut down, stopped making the boots. So we actually had to contact a company <laughs> to specifically make a boot for us. Um, so... We've got that on its way. It's well very... speaking
1: from experience, your food is quite good as well. It is. Yeah, it's it's actually the first day I got back from Germany, like or Germany, Europe and Belgium, blah blah blah. I grub hubbed Hessenhaus because needed to scratch the itch. That's awesome.
0: I love that. But uh, what defines German beer? What makes German beer German?
2: So it it mainly has to follow the German beer purity law um which was it goes back to 1516 i think is when it was adopted and it it basically said that production of beer was water hops and barley it has been updated since then um, to include uh, yeast and wheat Um, but when when it was originally to follow a german beer that's what it had to follow so what's the difference between that and
0: go across the border to Belgium? Do you know what uh, Belgian beer characteristics would be?
1: I can actually weigh in on that a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, the Belgians, like a lot of times, uh, where that where their kind of lineage comes from, if I, I assume I'm getting this right, because I, what I was told uh, came from like a lot of like the monks mm-hmm. and like the, the Lenten season. That a lot of times when you have to fast during Lent, they would switch over to getting their 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 calories from the beers, and then so they have the, their Trappist styles and like you get the doubles and the triples, um, which before I went over to Belgium this year, like I was not a fan of Belgian beer at all. So I did kind of a, a little bit of a dive into it, and I can say that there's a few of them like this, um, cornets and. Uh, Deliriums and like, that are very very nice beers. They're more high test. They're more in the ten percent beers, so they're big beers, um, but really nice, really nice. Uh, but have a lot more of that al- alcoholic kind of like bite to them. Yeah, but still reminiscent of the, the the German beers where you have that like kind of malty mouth feel. So you still feel the sugars, but uh, yeah not it's not a crisp clean like an ipa or like it's not like the the budweiser's you get here where you take a drink and like seconds later you're like oh wait there's no there's no like taste so right and that's like having traveled some in europe like if you drink a beer in europe like it tastes like something which is kind of nice tell us how
0: to find hessen house when people are in des moines and and uh your menu
2: yeah, absolutely. So um, Hessen House is on 1014th Street, uh, downtown Des Moines. Uh, you can find us at Hessenhouse.com, our Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're all over the place. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Uh, ben Rasmussen, I appreciate you letting us have a corner of the bar here and uh, talk about some Belgian bike racing and delivering some delicious beers.
2: Well, it's been my absolute pleasure remember we do have a very nice patio that you can pull up bikes to so definitely come visit us on your bikes
1: yeah it's great <laughs> it's i've i've parked my bike on this patio multiple times
0: so. awesome that is perfect that's good to know because the snow is flying today but yeah it'll be summer before long and absolutely we'll be riding our bikes to Hessen House. and now that we've got our knowledge of beer i'll encourage you to join me in a cup of chain and spoke coffee or maybe a Belgian double bock, and enjoy this conversation with Mark West. Well, that was kind of fun, Mark, talking a little bit about beer with yeah, the German yeah. beer dude. Truth be told, he's only been here a month, so he's not like Mister In Depth on German beers. Oh, yeah, old me. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt, no doubt. Kind of fun. Uh, welcome back to U.S. soil. Yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, ten days of like, well, now a little bit more than ten days trying to get my feet underneath me and like. Adjusting to the time change again, but which is harder to do in the winter because the short days and right days like this when it's gloomy out, but yeah, it's good to be back.
0: Good to have you back. Um, I want to talk about where you've been the uh, uh cursed
1: period. Yeah, Did I say that yeah, right. I, I, I think so. I don't speak Dutch. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough.
0: Uh, you, you spent a month over in Europe wrenching a you know, freaking biggest cyclocross month that exists in the calendar um but i want to talk about mark west and where he came from and what got him into bikes in the first place
1: yeah so well if you're gonna go like i'm going all the way back kind of the origin story the
0: origin story of mark west what got you on a bike it
1: actually kind of started in in northern europe really um so i was in in high school, played football, blah blah blah. I was an athlete. Was a three sport athlete: swimming, football, track, etc. But and like I thought I was going to play football, and had some head injuries, etc. But that's just kind of like that's ancient history. That's doesn't play into the fact. So I went to Europe, and like we were there for a month, and we stayed with host families for like a week or so. And we started riding bikes around northern Germany. It's like kind of like kind of clicked like we we're like wow this is kind of cool like we're not getting in cars to like go to a restaurant or go wherever wherever we're going and it was like just kind of like kind of like got the wheels turning like all right yeah and then came back to the u.s bought a uh, mountain bike at the now defunct doghouse bikes oh in yeah Indua. wow yep i remember um, them yes yeah, so and then spent the, that summer kind of like I think I was doing land or like grounds crew at Simpson college, but every afternoon grab the bike and go to turn hot laps at Lake Aquabi. Cause that's like 10 minutes from my parents' house. And then like, just like kind of like got the wheels moving. And then, um, that fall, a girl that I was dating that's so dear to friend of mine, we were sitting in her, uh, dorm room over a couple beers and she mentioned doing this thing called Ragbri that I'd kind of loosely heard about. and I was like, well, all right, I'm in in for a penny in for a pound. Let's do it. And start training and us both being athletes, kind of type As. Like it wasn't enough to just pedal around leisurely. so we started riding faster and faster. and then like, I was like, I could maybe try to like race one of these sometime. Got into racing, and that I was at Luther College at the time.
0: Oh, yeah, part and
1: of it. yeah, so got kind of into mountain biking, but, like, my, my heart was really in road biking, but even, like, at my most fit, I was still much bigger than, like, the roadies, so I was getting my teeth kicked in almost every road race and breaking a lot of equipment, and so I was... Had to get, like, by proxy, almost had to get good at fixing them. Wanted to drop out of college because that's what you do when you're a bike racer in college and kind of angsty. Like, oh, I I don't know. I don't know if this is all for me. My parents kind of, like, talked me down back into reality. Went to uh, United Bicycle Institute in Ashland, Oregon for a summer. Like, most of a summer. Um, Came back after a month or so after doing a bunch of, like, their classes uh, got a job at Irwin's and finished college. Funny, well, kind of a side note to the Luther thing. I was in the athletic training department, and at the same time, Matthew Boucher, sure, who, if you know, like, got to no, be a no, pretty. Yeah, I got to be pretty good at riding bikes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he came well, from
0: running, wasn't he? Cross country. Yeah, dude. yeah.
1: So, in in being in the uh, athletic training department, kind of saw that whole thing happened because like i was there doing like studying athletic training and like did like the rehab side of it and was on a few kind of rides kind of adjacent to him like even if we started at the same time i was wasn't riding with him for long fair enough um but yeah then i graduated college uh, kind of a lost soul i didn't know what i wanted to be when i grew up so i got a job at shield's managing their service center what city in des moines in des moines Okay. and that was going to be kind of like a a spot saver and then later that year i was going to go on a mountain bike trip and had a bent seat post on my bike and wandered into bike world west on 60th and ashworth to buy a seat post that we didn't have in stock at Shields started talking to Forrest Ridgeway and the Ridgeways have kind of a gift of gab yes they do and yeah I bought a seat post but I also walked away with the job application and
0: was that the same era that Fry was kind of working his way out no. You overlapped a no, little bit with Fry, no. didn't you?
1: I, I worked a lot. I worked 10 years or so with Fry. Oh,
0: you worked 10 years. All right. Wow. So, All
1: right. yeah, Stevie Fry, yeah, he and I were thick as thieves for a long time. And, yeah, so I got on at Bike World, and that, that was 16 years ago. Um, and then about 10 years ago, I was still trying to race my bike a little bit. And unsuccessfully, or I mean, I'm, I've never been any good at racing bikes, but I have. I enjoy it. Anyways, I was the Sunday before Jingle Cross. One of my old roommates rang me up, and I'd just gotten home from a training ride. Training meaning like riding gravel to like probably the coming tap and
0: <laughs> fair enough.
1: Having a few drinks and riding home.
0: Dude, and that's good training.
1: That's, that's, that, that. Hey, that's like 32 miles. That's his, his training, that's his training as I, that's training as I know it. Right. So, and, like, my ex roommate, like, hey, you have any interest in working for Raleigh Clement? I was, like, absolutely. Because at that time, that was, uh, talking about Belgium. Uh, Ben Bairdon was on the team. Yep. and yep. I was. Caroline Mani. Uh, yeah, Caroline would have been on the team. She yeah, would have uh, Jamie Driscoll. That was. Pre Jamie, Pre Jamie, um, Alan Krughoff would have been on the oh, team. Yeah. Adam Craig, who Oh yeah, is, yeah. If you follow domestic cross, is a he's a personality that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, oh, Ben Berdan was a yeah that was personality like, as well. But yeah, so then kind of like that spiraled. I worked with them up until the end of the 2019 season.
0: So let me back up. Yeah. Who's your roommate? How did... What was yeah. his connection?
1: Yeah, so my roommate, his name was Zach Walls. At the time, when he lived in Des Moines, he was working at Shields. Um, and then he moved out to Boulder and was working at Bicycle Village, which is owned by Vail Resorts. And he was roommates with Rale- Raleigh, at that point, mechanic, James Sullivan, who has kind of worked with everyone. He's worked with... he'd worked some downhill and, like mountain stuff but yeah i got mixed in with james who has become a very dear friend of mine like he actually worked with the tilford foundation this last year um just to kind of show how small the world is but yeah then um yeah zach's worked with kind of everyone um cat eye pearl zoomie he's a bike industry yeah he's a yeah and um yeah so yeah, so then I went from Raleigh, and in that same time, there I spent a, a, a year uh, with Kona, kind of like Kona Maxis, kind of filling in, when, getting where you fit in sort of deal. I think I worked four or five races with them. Well, so that was, was after
0: your whole... I mean, you had a long tenure at Raleigh, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was kind of like mid midstream. They, one year, they they... Donnelly had a smaller team, and then I went back to Donnelly or Raleigh or whatever you want to call it. And so, yeah, I worked with a year with Carrie and Becca, then went back. And then the last year I worked with them was in 2019 when Gage won nationals, and then COVID happened.
0: Yeah, but and you were the mechanic of a national yeah, champion. Yeah, yeah, that, cool. that was cool. That was cool. That, that pretty was pretty neat. That oh, was at... Uh, Tacoma. Tacoma. That was an awesome yeah. event. That was an awesome race. Yeah. Those your Kerry went into the...
1: Yeah, that whole engaged thing. He that,
0: yeah. went into the tape and...
1: Yeah, and then um, yeah, then COVID Curtis happened. Curtis got second, is that right? I believe so. Yeah, I, Curtis got... Curtis he was or professional Steven. second yeah. placer yeah. for a bit. So then um, COVID happened, and then last going into last year, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I thought, like thought maybe i'd just deal myself out and just like hang out in iowa over covid i'd bought a house i was like i don't know maybe i'll just like take care of the house do a few projects here and there and then um i got my phone ring and the phone said uh beverly massachusetts which if you're is that riley's that's uh that's a Stu thorne Oh, the cyclocross world. Yeah. So I'm I'm being a nerd about the whole thing. Like, it registered right away. Like, it was the right time of year. It was like, okay, it's August. I don't have a job. Um, Yeah, Beverly, Massachusetts is calling me. I bet I almost know who this is. But answer the phone, and it was Stu, and it's like, after a few pleasantries, he's like, so what's your plan for this fall? And like, I tried to play coy, which I probably had about as much game as like a 16 year old boy getting, like asking someone out to prom. Like I would, I didn't play it cool. Like I was in, I was, I was in immediately. So, and he knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I did work with them last year. Um, I primarily worked with their development team, which was way, way more uh, way more rewarding than I would have ever thought. Um, I worked with, and I hope I get them all, Miles Mattern, AJ August, Lizzie yeah. Gonzalez, Mia Asseltine. I think that's all of them. But yeah, like AJ August, who is fucking smooth. Freaking he, stud, he can cuss. Um, can cuss. who won Coppenberg this year? Uh, Miles Mattern, who is on Trek CX. Um, Lizzie Gonzalez, who made the jump to St- Tilford Foundation. Um, Mia Aseltine is on Blue. So, like these kids that are like the real deal, and like the future. Yeah, that are gonna, they're gonna be the, they're not, they're not like on the come up. They're there. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that was really cool. Like, and then this year, and then I got to work at Worlds, which was always a career goal. Uh, We 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 had an interview last year. We did have an interview. Maybe. And uh, uh, yeah, that was that was kind of. I I thought maybe last year was going to be the last year because like after working Worlds, it's like man, kind of done that now. I can relate to that. And... So, and then, like, after last year, spent some time out in Colorado skiing, and it's like, oh, man, maybe this year, like, being, like, the this this year that we're still in, I was like, maybe this is the year i just, like, be a ski bum, and I was gonna, like, maybe, like, work at, like, one of the local ski hills, or do this and do that. But then I was at um, Unbound working with Rory Mason. Oh, yeah. And I was sitting there in a torrential downpour and this silver sprinter van, I didn't know who was in it about the time, like practically locks up the brakes and I see the window roll down and it's Chris McGovern who I've respected for ever because he's done everything and he's just kind of quickly like, hey what's your plans for cross next year? I'm like, I don't know man like he's like, okay I've got your info, like Let's talk. Let's talk next week. And at the time, nothing was in 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 writing, so he couldn't tell me much. And it was just kind of one of those like, I just need you to commit to this. Like it's going to be good. And it, what it ended up being was the Tilford Foundation had partnered with Trek, um, which brought Curtis White had been in contact with Trek and was going to do kind of a privateer thing, and that. Also brought, though, a partnership with Bear Development, which, Bear Development, like, if you're anyone as a junior in the last, say, 10 years, you've come through Bear Development. Right. So, and I'm, I don't know, I like to think I'm savvy enough to realize, like, see the opportunity there, like, yeah, absolutely, let's go for it. And it was funny, I was sitting in my truck in the Bike World parking lot, and I was like, I was trying to play hardball, which I'm terrible at. And I was like, Chris, I can agree to this under one condition. I only, I only want to take this job if, I'll be, if it'll take me to Europe this year. Because I'd been doing this for nine years and not gone to Europe. I'd done a lot, but... And he almost scoffed at it. He's like, okay. Like, of course. I think, I think he said, I think his exact words, like, I can have you in Europe so much you'll be sick of it. Like... Fair enough. I was like, "All right, challenge accepted." So, yeah, cut to uh, cut to September. We go down to Warrenton, Missouri, build up some bikes, and then it was it was on after that. And yeah,
0: it was on. You had a full season, and not a. I mean, you're not hanging with like also Rans. Uh, no, not Riley at Riley Nuss. Raylan uh, Curtis, Niles, Curtis, Raylan.
1: Lizzie. Um, and then the Berta kids. Like Those kids are like J- the Jack Sprangers of the world, who he's U23, Pan Am, um, Dan English, um, Kaya Musgrave, Vita. I can't remember her last name. Um, but yeah, these kids are, in like, they're all just killing it. All season, all season. It was so good.
0: Yeah, Curtis was really fun. It was actually a really fun Curtis year with Curtis and Bruner, just freaking going at each other. Oh yeah, there's, every race. Yeah, there's no love all loss all season there. long.
1: No love loss. Um, yeah, the the race in Baltimore, especially the Sunday, which was kind of set up by the Saturday race where. Vincent Bastain's won. Right. And holy smokes, like that race in Baltimore, it was a mess. Like the conditions were out of this world. And when, when Curtis won going into like the last corner with Vinny, it was awesome. It was so cool. And it was a, a super emotional win, which... What like that in and of itself was pretty cool. And there were shades of like the, the win in, in Hartford, but that win in Hartford was otherworldly. Like it was the energy that day at Nationals was... you knew something it sounds cliche. you knew something special was going to happen. Um, Curtis like was just like in the pocket all day. like the, the, the communication was working and then like during once the, like he was just laser focused and then once the race started happening, Brunner had him on his back foot for sure with like three to go. Brunner had probably 20 seconds. And have a little bobble right after pit one, and Curtis capitalized. And those last two laps, it was the the it was electric. Um, it was it was so amazing. And like you do two more bike changes, and then head to the finish line, and to see Curtis coming down this, the home stretch. And the absolute pounding snow, it—I it, was bawling my eyes out.
0: <laughs> That's I, awesome. I
1: will. I'm not ashamed to admit that for a second, because it'd been an 18-year like build to like this climax that he won his national championship at basically a home race. Right. So that was so cool. His his whole family was there. His fiance. Um, Stu and Mike from Cyclocross World were there. Gary Wolf, who was a mechanic there for, for Cross, Cyclocross World was there too. So like everyone was there and it was just, it was perfect. It was so cool. I would,
0: Curtis has a podcast called In the Red. Yeah. And he like talked through blow by blow that race. Yeah. And I would highly recommend people go up back. It was I don't know, three or four episodes ago. Yeah. So if you go to In the Red right now, you'll you'll have to scroll back a few episodes. But like, I got goosebumps listening to him. I got goosebumps listening to you. Oh,
1: it was Curtis was
0: like the professional second placer.
1: Yeah, for eighteen years, right? Because like, like when he was on the when he was coming through the juniors, there were the Logan Owens. Um, yep. Yeah, and just perpetually in second, but especially late in that race, like, when it was two to go, once he took the lead, it's like, all right, he's going to win. And, like, I remember he told me, like, before the race, like, well, I'm going to win today. And I believed him. And, like, even through the race, like, that kind of, like, just regist- like kind of stuck with me. He's like, well, he's going to win, so. And, like, when he's 20 seconds down, it's like, well, I thought he was going to win, like, and then sure, sure enough, like, two laps later, like, and it was so, it was amazing. And then any any nationals is always kind of like you want to just like go ballistic when your guy wins, but it's always like punctuated because like you have to put all the stuff in the bags the next day uh, or dude. that day.
0: Yeah, it's so when, much work. When
1: I when I was working with Donnelly. I didn't even go to the finish line. I didn't go to podium. I didn't go to the finish line. I went back to the tent and just started boxing bikes, like putting bikes in bags because Gage was leaving the next day. So I didn't see Gage until, oh, over an hour after the, after the race. I'd seen about every other person that was at the venue, but I hadn't seen Gage. So this year. I think I gave you a hug when Gage won. Yeah, like yeah, That was a absolutely. big deal for you. That was, and that was a moment where, like, I don't know, maybe I have like, this imposter syndrome. Like, that, when Gage one when I was le- leaving the pit, and J-Pow calls me by and says, Hey, Mark, congratulations. Like, like wait, what? Why <laughs> I'm does, some
0: dude from Iowa. Why does
1: J-Pow know who I am? But, like, yeah, that one, like, kind of like, okay, like... I, I've earned my spot at
0: the table. You have earned your spot at the table. That's awesome. Barely,
1: I, but like... Oh, I, mean, I wouldn't
0: it. even say barely, man. You've been in the trenches for a long time and dealt with a lot of people. Um, going back in in your time wrenching uh-huh. in the cyclocross world, do you have some stories? Like, what was a challenging moment? Like, um, the Cyclocross is so rich in its storytelling opportunities oh, because yeah. you have mud you have hills you have barriers you have you have everything like coming at you it's, it sounds, and you have to make sure the bike works
1: yeah it sounds so cliche that all the stories prior to this euro trip seem so insignificant really because you as a mechanic like I don't know. I I I know a lot of guys that I respect to the end of the world. The Chris Nambas, Chris McGovern, James Sullivan, all these guys like that have been been there before, been over in Europe. And the 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 dialogue is always how much harder it is and how much how it's just different. And like I didn't believe it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course like yeah, it's, it's harder. Okay. And then you- you're
0: still just like making sure the bike works yeah
1: it's a it's it's the same job but then you like my first race in europe was at havre and we get there and it's immediately harder like why because you're 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 not in a parking lot like you are in the u.s you're in a neighborhood like in just a residential neighborhood trying to find parking and like you okay, you finally find parking, like after like circling the drain, like driving around this block You get set up and you're set up on a postage stamp as opposed to these like expansive teen compounds that you're used to in the With US. Four like, tents. Yeah. And, yeah. So you're like don't even set up tents and then like okay, where's the pit? And I said Chris Namba earlier, like at Havram, like he was happened to be walking by, like, Chris Where's the pit? Because yeah, I saw he was carrying bikes. He's like, yeah, it's about a 20-minute walk from here. I'm like, okay, um, how do you get there? They're like, okay, well, you go down to the end of this street, bang a left. That'll tee off in about three blocks. You're going to hit a right. It's a total energy gas station. You'll, like, go turn right into this field and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's like okay, I think I got all that. And they're, the, the riders are doing pre-rides, so you don't have time to go, like, do the walk to the pit, which became a thing out of necessity. Because, like, no matter how good directions are, like, it became apparent, like, yeah, I want to go, I want to go, like, walk to, I want to walk to, my feet are going to be in the pit before this race. Because I want to know how to, how the hell to get there. Anyway, so, like, at Havra, like, we go to the women's race, and I hadn't gone, I hadn't gone to the pit. And I'm just, like, asking, like, people, like, asking other people carrying bikes. Because they're the ones in the know. They're, like, and I don't know if it was language barrier or, like, Belgians being Belgian. Like, giving me wrong directions. I get finally get to the pit after, like, walking, like, past the beer tent. And, like, clearly not the right direction. I, I show up just dripping in sweat. Because I'm try, trying to, like, halfway hustle and... I get there, and they're like, where were you? I'm like, I have no idea. Anyways, like, the race is going on because I'm there late because I got lost. And then, like, the race happens, and then, like, I'm like, okay. I ask Chris and Charlie, our mechanics, like, how did you guys get here? And they, like, kind of point, like, okay, go out that way, take a ride, and then go up." like, okay, that makes way more sense than the way I came. And so I walk, do the 20-minute walk back. Curtis had done the pre-ride because Curt courses conditions were changing. I have to wash a couple bikes, or wash a bike, and then do the 20-minute walk back. So 20 minutes back to the tent, wash a bike, 20 minutes walk back. we Chris and I were walking to the pit as we hear the race starting, oh. and it's like, oh man, like <laughs> they're gonna. I be hope a, they don't need a bike before well, we get and there. And we got there. We got we got there with maybe 30 seconds to like they were about two turns away and like luckily on the on the first pit they rarely rarely take a bike. But you never know yeah exactly so and then that race from then on out it was every half lap so chris was catching and then so i just went to the per, the, the wash station which european wash stations are so much better than the u.s they at the world cups this year they were Steel, so they have eight to ten, like, the, the chainsaw company, and, like, they sponsor it. So they have, like, eight to ten power washers, and it's, they're just going full blast. And at Super Prestige, they were Karcher. But, yeah, I have got in line, washed a bike, and about the time I got a bike clean, Chris would be walking up with the next dirty bike, grab that dirty bike, hop in line, rinse and repeat for an hour. Wow. And then, like... You get I got done with that that, that hour and it's just like you're shell shocked. Like Okay. This was a lot harder than any US race I've ever experienced. Huh. So it's and then like the next well then that that day the next day or the next race was the next day at Zolder. So we do an hour drive back or hour plus back to where we were staying. I tear all the bikes down to the frame inspect the bearings, do all new brake pads, put them back together and got down at ah, midnight or one pretty pretty darn late being a being an early bird like that was way later than I like to stay up um, get in the car eight o'clock the next morning and drive to zolder which, for any of the car nerds out there, is an F1 track. So, um, it was super cool. Super cool venue. But, yeah. Show up. And that's the other really neat thing about Belgian Cross is you can be an hour away. And that the Hover race, they were changing bikes every lap. The next day, we didn't do a bike change. Which not was, one. Not one. Which is... Only one of two races where we didn't do something in the pit, which in the U.S. you could go weeks without doing bike changes or whatever. Because it might you, just be yeah, dry in the race. Well, even like There're when grass it, even, crits. Yeah, even when it's muddy, like very rarely are you doing half lap changes. And in Europe, it's seemingly like yeah, half lap changes. Half lap changes are a thing. Huh? What's the difference in the mud? Um, it just seems to say muddier. Is I mean it's, we it's do a weird live in to Iowa. Like, yeah, it's the mud just seems muddier. Like it, it, it's it's more abrasive. Stuff just gets torn up. Um, there's a lot more sand on their courses, so chains are getting like nuked. Like you're just like no matter how much you change, like wash and scrub a chain, it's just gonna feel gritty um but yeah like brake pads brake pads just get toast like they yeah at havra we we went through three bikes worth of brake pads whereas in the u.s in an hour yeah in an hour so each each one of those bikes would have been getting ridden for 20 minutes in the u.s like a set of brake pads may last all season or close to a season or if you're changing in the U.S., like it's preventative. Like, it's but, not needed. It's yeah, preventative. It's yeah. Like, you're oh, like, let's oh, throw some yeah, fake yeah, yeah. on. We, yeah. we might better do it. It's been a, it's been a few races, but yeah, it's it's crazy. And then the fans, Belgian fans are just that's. It's where in the U.S. the sport is very much amateur driven. Right. You, you, right. You, if you're at a cross race spectating, there's a good chance you raced or someone in your family raced. Over there with like World Cups and super prestige and whatever XYZ race series, there's no amateur racing. So these the people that are there are there because they follow the sport and they are fans of the sport. And their their knowledge of riders not even just like the top riders they know the guy that's twenty second. So it's so cool, and like, it's 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 amazing. And like, if in the U.S. if we get like two thousand people at a race, it's like that's, a, that's oh, that was a That was well attended race. Zonhoven this year, I heard anywhere between forty and fifty thousand people at twenty thousand euros. Yeah, no wonder it's doing well. Right. You can, you can afford to pay your, your riders their, their start contracts, which in the U.S. a start contract is virtually non-existent. And when you, what, the Wouts and the Matthews are getting 20,000 euro start contracts, yeah, no wonder they want to race seven or eight times during Chris period. Like, makes sense. Like, I would too. If I can make $20,000 for showing up to a race... Sure, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well the <laughs> beauty is those guys don't just like show up and race, those guys yeah, show up and race.
1: Yeah, and and, and do some winning. And then yeah, they, and get they do and some winning. They, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that leads me to I wanna ask you a question. I know you follow sport. Who do you think is gonna win world championships in two weeks? I mean I was gonna s I would have said wow, but like
0: Matthew's been rocking it matthew has been, like I was worried about his back, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is Wout's year." Yeah, Benidorm
1: but that that race, yes, or on two Sunday, days ago, Sunday, Sunday, yeah. Sunday, that was a great race. That like, was a great race. That was a freaking heavyweight fight all the way to the end. Um, I, I mean, I have you have a, It's hard to bet against Wout, but I mean, it's Matt, hard to bet, a bet
0: against Matthew.
1: But I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go dark horse not that dark a horse. He's wearing the World Cup leaders jersey.
0: Oh, really? Go, like, oh, Sweek. Really?
1: I mean, I mean, no, no, no.
0: Eli. I mean, is I mean, mean?
1: no, I mean Curtis. Curtis White's absolutely
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, no. Right. Right. Well, Curtis, Curtis is winning the World Championships. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love that. Could no, you imagine could you the freaking Europe?
1: Oh my gosh! I would absolutely lose my mind. But
0: oh, we would all <laughs> lose our minds. But. For sure. But, but yeah, I would. I don't know. Everything would, would have to go right for Curtis. And everything horse, would have to gonna go, go, go wrong. I'm going to go
1: Dark Horse and go Lawrence Sweek, but more realistically, Matthew. Lawrence
0: Sweek, I mean, that's ambitious. I, that's ambitious. That's assuming Van, he was there, he was and Van Art. He was there at the end of the race. Van He
1: was there at the end of the race in Benadorm. Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah, anyway, he was. I like the Sweeks. The Sweeks are. That whole are, family is. I don't know the whole family,
0: but I do know Lauren Sweet, and he's very nice. Like all those guys, are like kind to talk to. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like walking around, and I'm American centric here, but walking around the the I don't know athlete village at Trek or at Jingle or in Fayetteville. Fayetteville was a little more spread out, Mm -hmm. but uh, like those guys are so approachable and so nice and. And willing to talk to you because I think they're like, oh, you're interested in this. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because they're in America and America has no idea what yeah, cross I think
1: I think partly it's like the stakes, at least for the Euros, I feel like the stakes might be a little lower in, your, in the U.S.
0: For sure. Oh, World Cup point's a World yeah, Cup I mean, point.
1: Yeah, there, I mean, there's no doubt. But it always seems like in its early season. Like, right. And like... And you rarely do get all the heavy hitters there. It's not... Right. So... We did early on when there were yeah. only nine World Cups and
0: two of them were here. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. Oh, they showed up. Them,
1: yeah. But, they showed up. Yeah. It's... Eurocross is... It's a different sport. It's a 100% a different sport.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Is it... Like, would you uh,
1: um,
0: compare it to, like, collegiate football NFL, basketball, baseball, like, what would you compare it to in the U.S. as far as the, as far as the, like, rabidness of the fans?
1: Oh, I don't even know. Like, it's maybe, like, ACC football. Like, it's the... the, the, it's I can't even explain it. It's so different, and like you go I, at Herentals... I'd been at a few races at that point, and like you see these beer tents, and you well you don't necessarily see them, you hear these beer tents because there's always a DJ, and like we were walking by this this beer tent to come back to the the, the van, and I was like I have to look in there, like I I just want to see what this whole thing's about, and you look in there, there's all sorts of, like, lights, like, it's a disco tech, and you hear, like, the world's crappiest, like, techno music going. It's like...
0: Euro-techno? Yeah, it's
1: like, I doubt any of these people actually saw the race.
0: Well, they're and, in the beer tent.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was, um... But it was... I can't... It's an anomaly. I can't even begin to, like, compare it to anything. And I... Nor would I want to. Because it's so different.
0: Huh? I'm trying to wrap my head around what it might be
1: like, but I can only, having never been to like a professional like Euro soccer game, I imagine like because they don't they do they don't tailgate like football. Like there's no one like.
0: Well, the tailgating is during the race. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's a it is a tailgate. Right. Um, I have no idea. Like it's it's just so totally different. It's. Even the sounds at a Eurocross race are different. Like, I can't remember what race it was. It might have been Herentals because we were pretty light on pit activity that day. Just sitting back and you hear over the intercom, like, they're speaking Flemish or Dutch or whatever they're speaking. I don't understand that. And it's kind of like over, like, these crappy, like, conical speakers, like, that don't have good sound quality. That just kind of like in mono, shouting about who knows what about the race, and then in the background you hear crappy techno. Then you also hear the pressure washers going, and it just kind of like it was pretty surreal. Like when you lay, sit back, like okay, wow, this is this is different, huh? And it's so cool. Like and the smells are different because all you smell is like frites and cigarette smoke because yeah I mean they all smoke smoke. yep yep and like it's it's wild it's so it's just different
0: huh that's crazy that's awesome what an incredible experience and like you're there how many times did Wout and Vanderpool race while you were there they did a couple of those races didn't they most of them most of them
1: yeah at least one of them was there I think that one of, at least one of them was there at every race. So when we did Does that th- change the atmosphere? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Belgians are bananas for Wout. They are, like... And it was at um, Zonhoven, where it was late in the race. It might have been last lap when Matthew crashed. And I felt like it was not a very sporting moment. Like, Wout was second wheel Matthew crashed or bobbled and the the crowd goes absolutely bananas like which is kind of like it kind of felt a little bit slimy but like I I didn't have a dog in the fight like I was there working for Curtis of course like I'm I'm working for Curtis so whatever the head of the race happens whatever but it just kind of felt like oh that that kind of sucks like when you cheer for something cheer for something bad happening, but they're they're cutthroat they're cutthroat about it. Like they are they if they have their guy, that's their guy. I mean, I can kind
0: of relate watching basketball. We're rabid Iowa State basketball fans, and and if if a if a Kansas player I don't know goes down or whatever, you're like excited because it's yeah. like yeah, it makes your odds better at winning yeah yeah
1: but it's kind of one of those like i felt bad because like in the u.s like the u.s crosses a little more kinder gentler
0: for sure and we want everyone to yeah. win and come over the ribbon yeah and...
1: but it's kind of one of those like damn like that that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way but
0: Huh, that's interesting it is what it is like yeah, it is uh,
1: like and like euros are just they're a little harder like Every everything about it, like that's how they've been brought up. Like because Eurocross, like from the from the work, the time you pull up to the venue to the time you drive away, is harder. So of course they're going to be more conditioned to that. Yeah,
0: so, huh? That's interesting. Let me ask you this: Do you think we have a hope of competing on that level? Absolutely, As we do. Absolutely, tell me why.
1: Because the kids that are coming up, great are, mechanics. Yeah, yeah, great mechanics. No, the kids coming up the at the junior and U twenty three level are really, really good. Like the the AJ August, the Maddie Monroes, Lizzie Gonzalez's and like all these kids like I feel like the the, the it's kinda of doing one of these where things are getting more balanced um, I mean, don't get me wrong. The euros are always gonna like have it easier. Well, no, no, no. no that's not fair. Not have it easier, but there is cycle cross is more ingrained and more like accepted. So in, we, we,
0: in Europe, it's as, like college yeah, basketball. Yeah, I mean, in, in the in, U.S., it's a niche, like, like a niche of a niche of a niche.
1: I've had this conversation with. With several people like about American sport and why US, US athletes aren't coming through cycling. Because in the US, you may, because if someone that's really good at cycling, chances are they're gonna be good at soccer, they're gonna be good at basketball, they're going an athlete's an athlete. Right. Whereas in Europe, like if you're a really good cyclist and they see that early, You don't play soccer. You don't play basketball. You don't play this. You're a cyclist. And that's where the money is in Europe. And it's more viable. So, until, like, that paradigm shift happens, which in the U.S. might not happen. It's not to say that, not to take anything away from, like, these amazing U.S. kids that are coming up, but that it'll happen it'll happen and over give it time and these U.S. kids are so good and, and as bikes as these well, as these cross races get to be more and more like mountain bikey i think that helps the us cuz like the us like has had some really good mountain bikers and like still do like we still have mountain bikers at the front end of the sport so as things get more technical like I was talking to Kim West last week if you look at watch a race from 10-15 years ago it's way less mountain bikey there's a lot more running there's a lot less like technical riding aspects of it and if that, if that pendulum keeps swinging that direction towards these, like super technical courses kind of like how mountain bike XC courses are crazy now Oh, my gosh. If, if, the, if the cross goes that way, maybe the U.S., like, maybe these kids that, like, can ride a, a wheelie for, like, five city blocks and, like, do crazy things on their bike. Maybe maybe the, the, the paradigm shift happens, but...
0: Can you see a uh, an American in a Rainbow Stripes after Wow and Matthew retire? And Tom?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: Man, last year at Worlds, watching Pidcock that just was, that was ride insane. away. That from was absolutely
1: everyone. insane. That was. I actually got to watch that race too. Like that doesn't happen. Like I don't. I don't get to watch races very often.
0: You actually. There were a lot of Americans. You were wrenching for the I U.S. Was, team. Yeah, really and there were a lot of Americans, Americans in I, that field.
1: But I, I didn't have any assignment during that race, so I got to kind of watch that race in between tearing stuff down. But. Yeah, Pidcock, like that was, and that was a tailor-made course for him, though. That was that was he absolutely on the on that power line climb when he just like rode the, away, dropped the hammer. Yep,
0: it was so cool. It was it was amazing. It was amazing to watch. Like the best in the world were there, with the exception of Vanderpool and Van Art.
1: Yeah, which.
0: Would have given him competition. Yeah. Like, it would have been those three off the front instead of just him. But, like, he literally rode away from Eli Ezerby and Sweek and, like, everybody.
1: Van Turnhout. Ben Turnhout.
0: Everybody. He just rode away from them as if they were their, yeah. his kid's brother.
1: the, the... The women's race, though, on the other hand... Women's
0: race was phenomenal. That That was was a battle.
1: That was such a good race. That was an orange battle. That was... That was... I've watched that race a handful of times since then. And, like, when they were, like, track standing in the last corner, like, no, you go, no, you go. And, like, just... Yeah, it was so cool. That was so cool. So cool. It's also cool, though, that... Oh, was it 2016 That, that those two duped it out in almost the exact same fashion? That was, it was wild. Yep. And it was cool, like, to have it on U.S. soil. Like, I didn't get to go to Louisville, which I, like, was, like, kicking myself over, like, since 2013. Same. And, yeah, then get to go there. And, like, that venue... The Waldens and everyone associated with it put on the greatest, like, that was such a good show. Like, even trying to, like, remove yourself, like, take a step back and, like, wow, this is something, this is, this is something else.
0: Yeah, it was something else. And having
1: else. never seen it in Europe, like, you're comparing one thing to one thing, but it was, I felt tickled to be there and, like, very, very, very fortunate.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this. I asked, uh, actually, in episode number one uh, with uh, Stephen Hyde. I asked Hyde right after the Worlds last year. Ten years prior was Louisville. Do you, and you've been in Cross basically since then. Yeah. Worlds in 2013 in the U.S., Worlds in 2023 in the U.S., Are those bookends on the cyclocross scene in the US or are they continual stepping stones up? I hope not.
1: Um, I don't see it being a bookend. Like, gravel is no doubt like where the industry is kind of like focusing their efforts and all that. But spending its money yeah and like that's where all the resources are going but it seems like cross I don't know the the, the the nature of cross and like the the roots of it almost hopefully just won't let it die because that's what cross is all about like that gritty like yeah that gritty just like I don't care like Get it done regardless of like the circumstances. Like I'm hoping the 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 spirit of cross
0: I was trying to ask you shines
1: through that and trumps the spirit of gravel because the spirit of cross is like it's so great. Like even if I didn't if I wasn't working in the pro like pro level, I'd still be going to cross races. Like I was going to cross races well before this and like when if I ever decide to like put my toolbox away like I'll still be going to cross races because it's fun like and like that's like ultimately when you see people like in the mid pack and back of the pack like getting their teeth kicked in by the Matthew Vanderpools and the Wouts and they're there because it's fun it's I don't know. I'm not a roadie, nor have I ever been really been one. Like, it's more fun. It's fun to go out, and, like, ride your bike through puddles like you did when you were a kid, and like, do all that. So it's it's fun. It's I. I'm very hopeful for the the the, the future of cross in the U.S. It's not going and it going anywhere at the local level, like, and that may be where U.S. cycle cross flourishes. Even if, like, UCI cross races disappear, there's always going to be, like, guys like the Rob Versteggs and, like, Kyle Seedores, Chris Maharis that are, like, going to make it happen. Like, you go back to even 2005 or whatever, Cross Mafia with right. Mark Hollander. They weren't doing it because the UCI was here. Right. And, like, they're, because you're going to get, like, get broadcast on flow or gcn they been doing it because it's fun to go out and ride your bike off-road with your buddies and figure out who's faster that day or like even just go out and just hoon your bike around this park. licorice hand ups yeah just beer it's hand fun. ups yep. it's fun and that's what it should be and like even like even in euro like in euro land you can see people having fun. Ben Fredericks at Coke Side. I don't know if you saw like the the viral thing where he like was in the on the, in the sand. like his handlebars sand. like does like goes over the handlebars does a somersault and gets up and like claims it like hands up. Yeah, that's fun. Like this is what it should be. And it's big business, but it's fun. Yep. And like even like when you're in the thick of it, knee deep in mud. For a guy like me that would would never have any chance at being at that level, guess what? It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Don't tell anyone. I'd want to be there even if they weren't paying me. So, it's fun. And that's that's what it's all about. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that everyone there got into it because they enjoy the sport. I love
0: that. And I promise I won't tell anyone that... Because you play hardball when you negotiate oh, I'm your contracts. Oh, i such a hardball
1: player. <laughs> like,
0: You are such a hardball player. I won't tell Stu that you yes, will only Stu, be there for Raylan. the highest yeah. dollar. Yep.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, And now that I have another national championship rate... Dude, My dude. rate's going up. Like, That's incredible. It's going to be hard for people to afford me. It is, for sure. Absolutely. Kind of like... Kinda like, kinda like Tim, it's hard for you to get me here. Like, oh, it
0: was, it was. It was. I think I bribed you with a beer, didn't I? Yeah, I, I mean, yep, I mean, next yep. year
1: if we get another, if we get another national championship, it might be two.
0: It might be the three liter boot.
1: Oh boy, <laughs> then the real stories will come out. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh,
0: I'm keeping you to that. Yeah, i tell way. you what. If, the
1: freaking boot. When, when Curtis wins nationals next year, you and I will split three liters of a boot. Fair enough.
0: Split? Are we each getting our own?
1: I don't know, man. Like, That's a I'm, lot of I'm beer. not trying to.
0: <clears throat> we got to get home.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe we
0: can do it in the summer where we can ride our bikes home. Yeah,
1: we can We can invite uh, Kim West over. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. I love it.
0: Well, dude, what a pleasure to chat. Absolutely. What a, what a, um, a fun season for you. And, uh, and so cool. Like, I don't know. You're like one of our own who's working in the trenches for the big dogs.
1: Yeah, but I'm not the only one. Like, don't. I don't. And it's. I mean, like Ozzie Fisher right now is in Mallorca, Matt, working with like Matt Zimmer. Zimmer uh,
0: today, who won the freaking King of the Mountains yep. jersey.
1: Um, Chris Daggs, who's no who Chris was at, Daggs the, was is, at the store today. Absolutely, like, yep. Um, Dags is all awesome. The ABC uh, boys, Marissa, who Marissa freaking won, won last the, week. D- like, yep. I mean, I what what I'm doing isn't unique, or well, it's uni- It's unique-ish, but like, there, I mean. Central Iowa right now is absolutely killing it, and they have for a long time, and it's so cool, like, I wouldn't trade living in in Central Iowa for the world, it's, it's the place to be, like, whether you're, whether you're a ragbriar, or, you know, top tier athlete, or someone trying to, like, make a little bit of money turning wrenches around the world, like, Des Moines it like no doubt absolutely no doubt
0: well I appreciate it dude and it's been fun chatting and catching up yeah um, thank you it's always fun I think I gotta get rid of my um celebrator uh yeah, I almost caught you, but... No, well, yeah, you got the liter. I got the half liter. Of yeah, course, yeah. it was my second one, but we won't talk about that. Great beer here at Hessen House. I Absolutely, highly recommend yeah. it. Like, what a great environment. Yeah,
1: and yeah if you're ever uh, looking for a place to snag a nice meal, if you like German food, it's so good. And if you want Mark West to work on your bike, like, take
0: it to Bike yeah, World take West. Yeah, to Bike
1: World. Like, yeah, we're... Uh, yeah, we're all, I'm always there, saving yeah. make, but... No doubt. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. All right. Well, thanks, dude. appreciate
0: it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Bike Talk with Dave. I hope you enjoyed our show today. Mark is an amazing man and has had some incredible experiences. And I'm thankful he's been so willing to share. We could have stayed and talked for a few more hours, I'm sure. Hunt him down on Instagram if you want to follow his adventures. Now, thank you for joining us on Bike Talk with Dave. I hope you keep coming back, so be sure to subscribe and share. And if you'd like to support the show financially, look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com. Or you can just hit me up on Venmo at david-mabel, and I'll send you a sticker. You can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook, too. I'd like to thank Chain and Spoke Coffee for supporting the show. The delicious beans are available now at chainandspoke.com. And I look forward to the opening of the retail spot with coffee and bikes in Des Moines in the next month or so. Thanks, too, for BikeIowa.com, where all kinds of events are listed on the calendar, from competitive to fun rides, from gravel to -to bar-to-bar rides. Check out the calendar at BikeIowa.com. And if you have an event, get it on there. Just create an account, log in, and you can add and edit your event for free. One of those events is the Driftless 100 on April 29th in Elkader, Iowa. I'll be joining my friends at the Iowa Gravel Gang for a beautiful gravel ride through the Driftless Hills of Northeast Iowa. If you come, and I hope you do, bring your fly rod to fish one of the many trout streams in the area. It's a beautiful area. You can register today at driftlessgravel.com or look for a link on Bike Iowa I hope you have a great week, and I hope you join me in the coming weeks for more great cycling stories, rides, and awesome people.